Hi, this is Carl. And Curtis. And you're listening to Of Mike and Men. Hey everyone, Carl here. Just wanted to give you all a thank you for listening to our show. This following episode is going to be in replacement of another episode that we were supposed to have recorded prior to this week, but due to technical difficulties, we're going to have to postpone that to the next week. But that one is a very interesting episode. I'm very excited to let you guys listen to it once we get that rolling. Instead, this week's episode is going to be the Jersey Devil saga in full. We're taking all the story segments from part one, part two, and part three and putting them together. So without further ado, enjoy. Turn, turn left. Then make a right. Turn right. Make a U-turn. Turn left. In 500 feet. Turn left. Come on. Come on. Where are you taking me? In 100 feet. Make a slight right and continue for 11 miles. What is wrong with this? Oh, shit! You have arrived at your destination. Aw, oh, come on. Work, you piece of... Well, at least the stars are out. And that must be... Ah, the North Star. So that means I need to head the other way. There was a gas station that I passed by not too long ago. Maybe I could find someone to jump the car. (sighs) What the hell? How did I get back here? Unless by some coincidence, this is somebody else's car. Uh, no. Yeah, that's mine. No signal. Great. Hey! Anybody there? You got three seconds to tell me what the hell you're doing on my property before I turn your limbs to ground beef. One! Sir, let's just calm down. Two! I'm lost. I was driving and my GPS took me here and I crashed into a tree. (laughs) A likely story. You're just one of them city folks snooping around my home, trying to harass my family. Well, we don't take kindly to snooping around here, stranger. Jeremiah, what's all that noise out there? Oh, nothing. Just another yuppie who got lost in the woods, took a slip, died right here in that ditch. Shame, really. Look, I don't I don't want any trouble. I just want to fix my car and leave. So if you have a phone I can use, I don't have signal on mine. Let me see that. What the hell? Why'd you smash it? Lots of folks go missing in these woods. You want to know why? Because of you? It's because of the demon. You're talking about the Leeds Devil. So, you heard of it? It's an urban legend. A myth. (laughs) Myths don't howl in the middle of the night and tear livestock limb from limb. They don't swoop down from the trees and flap their leathery wings. Oh, the Leeds Devil is very real. Jeremiah, what are you doing? Put that gun away. It was just checking. Heard a crash out here. And well, let's just say we had our fair share of ill-intended travelers. Well, he don't look like he could hurt a fly. Why don't you come inside? It's not safe to be out here at night. Guess I don't really have much of a choice. Watch your step. Don't want you tracking mud inside.
Now I hope he didn't rough you up too much. He, uh... <clears throat> no, ma'am. Well, that's good to hear. A lot of young folks getting into trouble around these parts. Let's drink your tea, boy, before it gets cold. That's... that's a good tea. Is that a, a bit of almond? So, just tell me what exactly you're doing out here in the middle of nowhere. Well, I was actually doing some digging. For gold? Uh, research. I've heard stories about the Pine Barrens. I wanted to see for myself if they were true. Are they? Well, I haven't gotten very far, as you can tell. I was actually kind of hoping you'd be able to shed some light on the matter. Like the Leeds Devil. I said before, it ain't a myth. It stalks out there in the trees. It likes to come out at night. That's when it feeds. <clears throat> well, I'm sure you're exhausted. You've had a long day. We have a spare room upstairs. Least we can do after what happened. I insist. Elena, I found myself stranded in the Pine Barrens. An old couple found me after I crashed the car. The old man nearly shot me. Good thing his wife talked him out of it. There's something off about them. They claim that the Leeds Devil isn't just an urban legend. Looks like you were right. When I asked them about it, she seemed hesitant, almost nervous. I don't know what to make of it. I'm staying the night here, but I'm keeping my guard up. The old man smashed my phone. No way to call anyone. I'll have to find another way tomorrow. Feeling lightheaded. If anyone finds this, well, maybe it's too late for you, but let me fill you in on what we're dealing with. Let me tell you about the Devil of Pine Barrens. Some people call it the Leeds Devil. Others call it the Jersey Devil. It all began in the late 17th century with a man named Daniel Leeds. The early American colonies were rife with dangers and uncertainties. Nestled between tracts of uncharted land lay the foundation for some of the nation's keystone cities. In the settlement of Nova Caesarea, later to be known as New Jersey, the first royal governor, Lord Cornbury, would find himself in the middle of a colonial scandal involving accusations of cross-dressing. While his political career is only marginally important to the legend of the Jersey Devil, what is important is his appointment to his council of a man named Daniel Leeds. Born in Leeds, England in 1651, he had claimed to have had ecstatic visions as a young child and sought his fortune in the New World. Daniel's first wife died while living in England, and so he married a second time in 1681 to a woman named Anne Stacy. Anne would later become pregnant to a girl, but neither the mother nor child would survive the birth. Daniel then married his third wife, Dorothy Young, who would sire him eight children before meeting her untimely death. He then married a fourth and final time to a woman named Jane Abbott Smell. In 1682, Daniel Leeds joined the local assembly and claimed the title of Surveyor General. During the 1690s, he acquired land in the Great Egg Harbor near the Atlantic coast, a property that he would hand down to his sons, becoming known as Leeds Point. Driven by his need for success, Daniel began publishing an almanac in 1687. His almanac, considered to be one of the first American publications of its kind, met criticism from many of its readers primarily the Quaker community. Since 
several of their members complained about Daniel's use of astrological symbols, and his predictions of weather patterns did not sit well with their Quaker ideology, as they deemed it too pagan. As the subject of their ire, Daniel publicly apologized, but was dismayed to find that an order was sent out to burn all remaining copies of his almanac. Angered at what he deemed an act of wanton censorship, Daniel Leeds created a book titled The Temple of Wisdom in 1688. This book was a compilation of works from numerous other authors that covered topics such as angels, natural magic, astrology, and the behavior of devils. Painting himself as a Christian occultist, Daniel's book was immediately suppressed by the Quaker community. This prompted him to retaliate even further by publishing the numerous anti-Quaker works such as The Trumpet Sounded Out of the Wilderness of America in 1699. While Daniel Leeds fought against the establishment of the Quakers, he also showed himself to lean heavily against royal authority. His involvement in local politics would lead him to advise Lord Cornbury to avoid swearing in several members to the assembly despite being appointed by local election. The Quakers had already seen Lord Cornbury as a tyrant who sought to suppress their religion, and Daniel Leeds's act only widened the schism even further. The Quaker community saw Daniel as a traitor, to which he responded by converting to Anglicanism, along with several other anti-Quakers. Daniel continued his tirade against the community by publishing a series of anti-Quaker pamphlets, such as The Innocent Vindicated from the Falsehoods and Slanders of Certain Certificates in 1695. George Fox, the founder of Quakerism, defended his religion and accused Daniel of working with the devil himself. Their feud would continue until 1716, when Daniel Leeds would retire and hand over his almanac business to his son, Titan Leeds. In 1728, Titan would redesign the almanac masthead to resemble more closely the Leeds family crest. This crest depicted three figures on a shield. They are dragon-like with clawed feet and leathery bat-like wings. Sporting a fearsome face, these creatures appeared nightmarish and demonic. However, Titan Leeds would soon find himself tangled in one of the most notorious almanac feuds of all time, facing off against an up-and-coming Philadelphia printer named Benjamin Franklin. My notes. My notes. I must have passed out. Kid was snooping around. Saw him crash his car down a ways. He tried to walk out of the forest. <laughs> Wound up back here just like the rest of them. Probably tried following the North Star. Well, we are running a little low on bodies. And my boy's getting hungry. What was that? Now, what the hell was that about? Why didn't the tea work on him? Hell, if I know, you must have mixed it wrong or something. Don't you start with me. I mixed it just the right amount. 
Same as before. I gotta get out of here. Dead end. Now what? I can't stay here until tomorrow. Hey, is someone there? What is this? Who are you? The name's Roland. Quick, in the guest room, there's a pair of pliers hidden underneath the back of the left floorboards. It's the one that's slightly raised. Use it to cut the chain that runs behind the clock on the first floor. Wait, 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 wait. Uh, I don't know what you're talking we about. We don't have time to argue. Somehow, their tea didn't affect you like it did the others, so you're a best shot at escape. You're not the first to be trapped here. I'll fill you in later. But how am I supposed to get down there without the old man seeing me? He's got a shotgun. Uh, I have an idea. We'll cause a distraction. When he comes up to check on us, that's your chance. Make it count. Okay. Oh, one last thing. They have two clocks downstairs. One deactivates the failsafe to our cell, and the other activates an alarm. You're gonna want to cut the one with the... They're coming upstairs. Get out of here. Go. I want you to keep an eye on the new one. Something just ain't right about him. Keep him fresh for tomorrow. My boys want something new. This is crazy, right? I'm probably just dreaming. On the other hand, if I'm not dreaming, then I'm in danger of actually being eaten or tortured by this couple. Not really what I had in mind. Okay, I got the pliers. Y'all better stop making so much noise back there, or I'll feed y'all to the boy piecemeal. Coast is clear. No. Which one am I supposed to cut? Wait. This clock has a crest on it. It looks like a rabbit. You happen to know anything about that? Hmm. I don't know what the symbol is. Looks like a rabbit? We can check the surveillance footage later and let you know if we find anything. It's probably just a coincidence, right? Any better ideas? No? Okay. <sighs> He's watching the stairs. Gotta lead him away. Maybe I can lead him into the kitchen. I've got one shot at this. What in the hell is all this racket? Alright, hopefully that helped. I guess all I can really do now is wait. I think I trailed off last time. Where was I? Oh, right. Titan Leeds was just about to enter a war with Benjamin Franklin. While Daniel Leeds passed on his almanac business to his son, Titan Leeds, an ambitious newcomer would appear at the scene. Enter Benjamin Franklin. 
Known as a polymath, scientist, inventor, philosopher, ladies' man, writer, diplomat, and founding father among many other things, Franklin had earned the title of the first American for his campaign towards colonial unity. However, one of his greatest business accomplishments would come from his publication of a work known as Poor Richard's Almanac. Franklin's Almanac found life on December 19, 1732. He published it under the pseudonym of Richard Saunders, a character who was an English physician and astrologist. The name Poor Richard had been adapted from another almanac named Poor Robin, which had been originally published in Britain in 1664. Franklin introduced readers to the Richard Saunders character with a foreword contained in the first published issue. Courteous reader, I might in this place attempt to gain thy favor by declaring that I write almanacs with no other view than that of the public good, but in this I should not be sincere, and men are nowadays too wise to be deceived by pretenses, how specious soever. The plain truth of the matter is, I am excessive poor, and my wife, good woman, is, I tell her, excessive proud. She cannot bear, she says, to sit spinning in her shift of tow while I do nothing but gaze at the stars, and has threatened more than once to burn all my books in rattling traps, as she calls my instruments, if I do not make some profitable use of them for the good of my family. The printer has offered me some considerable share of the profits, and I have thus begun to comply with my dame's desire. The Almanac immediately became a bestseller in the American colonies, printing up to 10,000 copies a year. Its reputation reached as far as Napoleon, who instructed that it be translated to French and Italian. While Franklin published numerous segments detailing information such as weather predictions, demographics, calendars, poems, and recipes, he also included trivia and proverbs among a vast assortment of topics. He had considered it a means to educate the common people who could not afford books of the time. However, Franklin also had a mischievous streak, as is evident by his sudden attack on the Leeds family. In the very first edition of his Poor Richard's Almanac, Franklin predicted the death of Titan Leeds. He claimed that Titan would meet his end on October 17, 1733, at precisely 3.29 p.m. Franklin advised his readers to purchase the next edition of his almanac to find out if his predictions came true. This marketing act deeply angered Titan Leeds, and he confronted Franklin about the publication. Although the predicted date of Titan's death came and went without being realized, Franklin pressed on and published an obituary for the rival publisher. What? Titan publicly called Franklin out, labeling him as a fool and a liar. While Franklin knew that the prediction would never come to pass, it was enough to bolster the readership of his almanac, surpassing even those of the much older lead almanac. Quick-witted as always, Franklin retorted to Titan's aggression by claiming that since he had died, the voice came from a mere ghost in the wind. When Titan appeared before Franklin in person, Franklin declared him a resurrected phantom. After the prediction, Franklin claimed that an imposter had appropriated the Leeds Almanac and was publishing under a new hand. As the fires of the American Revolution were stoked amidst civil unrest, the Leeds family found themselves the target of anti-British sentiment. Since they had sided with the hated Lord Cornbury and were seen as occultists, the Leeds family crest became seen as a symbol of political ridicule. Benjamin Franklin continued his charade for five years 
until Titan's actual death in 1738. After hearing of his passing, Franklin made a final publication on the feud, commending the impostors for upholding the act for so long and congratulating them for bringing it to an end. Something's fishy about you, boy. Locked. Alright, Henley, how do we get out of here? There are no windows. There's a vent here. Wait. What is that? A paper clip? Hmm. Now I gotta get back to Roland. Roland, I cut the failsafe. What now? Great. I need you to push the wall from your side and slide it to the right. <sighs> okay. It's working. The door's almost open. <sighs> we did it. Indeed you did. I was gonna wait, but he had to go and spoil the surprise. Oh, what fun we're gonna have now. <laughs> Stay down, boy! Don't hurt him too bad. He'll need to be in good shape for this. What are you gonna do to us? Darling, I'm not gonna do anything. It's you who has to make a choice. What are you talking about? There's a creature that lives in these woods. The one you call a... Myth is <laughs> much more than that. It is glory incarnate. It has blessed us with the truth, opened our eyes. But it hungers. Oh, does it hunger? And so tonight, we've prepared a special feast to show our appreciation. You four. Line up by that tree over there, and don't you try nothing. If you're gonna kill us, kill us. Don't draw it out. Every meal you've ever eaten, whether you know it or not, came from a sacrifice. The cow was slaughtered, the chicken beheaded, the pig butchered. All good meals come from a sacrifice. So now, you must make that sacrifice. Decide the fate of one, and you decide the fate of the rest. And what happens if I don't play along? Then you get to watch them all die, right before your eyes. Nice and slow, with no pain spared. You're both crazy. You're a couple of lunatics. Ha! <laughs> crazy, he says. That's a good one. Maybe we just tie you all to the trees. Let you see how crazy this really is. I'd rather not spoil the occasion. You know how our boy can be cantankerous when he doesn't get what he wants. So, Henley, choice is up to you. Choose one and the rest will live another day. Don't do this, man. Come on. I don't... I don't want to die. What do I do? If I pick someone, I'd be setting them out to die. 
but if I don't, they'll kill us all. Either way, someone dies. <laughs> Finally made your choice! I think you're lying. What's that? About the Leeds Devil. It doesn't exist. It was just a story, an old tale. The only monsters I see out here are you. Run. Damn it! Start the call! Boy, you done it now, boy. This could have all been so simple. But now they all die, thanks to you. <laughs> come on, come on. Get up. We gotta go. There's no escape. You hear me? We will find you. Thanks. No, man. Thank you. We wouldn't have been able to get out of that cell if you didn't show up. Where are the others? I'm not sure. They ran off as soon as you charged old Bowers. Guess as long as they're safe. How long have you been here? Hard to say. It's tough to keep track of the time in the dark. And out here, it's always dark. By the way, this is Sophia. She might have been in there the longest out of all of us. Hi, I'm Henley. It was a mistake for you to come here. Yeah, I can kind of see that now. You made them angry. They're gonna find us. They're gonna find us and feed us to that... that thing! What? You believe they're talking about the Leeds Devil? It's just an urban legend. You can't be sure about that. What is this urban legend you're talking about? Well, story goes that the Leeds Devil was born right here in the Pine Barrens a long time ago. At the center of the infamous New Jersey legend stands a woman by the name of Jane Leeds. She was a resident of the Pine Barrens, a large region of forest that runs along the east coast of New Jersey. It is considered the largest remaining example of the Atlantic Coastal Pine Barrens ecosystem and the hunting ground of the cryptid known as the Leeds Devil. One stormy night in 1735, Jane Leeds went into labor with her 13th child. As her friends gathered around the newborn, Jane went into a frenzy and cursed the child in frustration. She cried aloud and claimed that her child would become the devil himself. Where once laid a normal, healthy infant, there came a sudden change. Its feet calloused and grew, transforming into cloven hooves. Its head became misshapen, disfigured into the form of a goat. Leathery spokes pierced through its wretched back and spread into bat-like wings as it growled a demonic roar. A coarse tail etched with hellish engravings erupted from the child and ended with a spear. It ferociously whipped and swatted the onlookers before scurrying across the floor towards the chimney. There it took one last glance at the woman who birthed it, looking into her dying eyes as it smiled a wicked grin and disappeared into the night. The creature would be spotted on numerous occasions over the years. A newspaper in 1887 described sightings of a winged creature stalking the night. It was said that it made an unearthly howl when approached. And when it was hunted by men and dogs and shot by the best marksmen in South Jersey, the creature could not be killed. No bullets, nor blades, nor cannons could harm the winged beast that hunted the livestock of the region. Sightings continued even into the 20th century, 
when several newspapers published claims of an encounter between several police and the Lee's Devil. The report stated that the monster attacked a trolley car and was fired upon by local police. Footprints were later found in the snow leading into the forest, but the footprints could not be identified as any known animal. Fear struck the populace, prompting a number of schools to close down and workers to stay home. Vigilante groups were formed in an attempt to hunt down the monster. Roving bands of hunters combed the Pine Barrens in search of the devil, but despite their best efforts, they returned home with nothing. What's that noise? Oh no. What? They're calling the monster. We have to get out of here now. And go where? I tried walking out of the forest after I crashed my car. Somehow I just wound out back here. Wait, you said you have a car? Yeah. How bad was the crash? I didn't think it was too bad, honestly. The engine wouldn't start back up though. Can you lead us to it? I, I think so, but what? Get us back to your car and I might be able to get it running again. That's our ticket out of here. What about the monster? Hang on. Hear that? <sighs> it's the others. Let's see if they know a way out. Oh shit. Run, now. There's my car. Pop the trunk. You got any tools back here? Yeah, there should be a toolkit back there. Get it, get it started. What are you doing? Something stupid. Rocks? I guess I'll have to do. Ah, shit. Sophia, don't! Get up! Bring it back to the house! I have an idea! Got guts coming back, boy! Now I'm gonna show them to you! Son of a- We took care of you! Ungrateful beast! We fed you! What in the hell is going on? Child, put him down now! Oh, now, let's, let's not be hasty. I know you got your special meal spoiled, but it weren't no fault of ours. It was them. You believe me, right? And you know we've, we've always taken good care of you, right? We've always been there. We gave you food that you always wanted, right? We kept them fresh for you. So just, just, just put them down. We, we can work this out, right? We could get you more food. W would you like that? Oh, good boy. Good boy. See, I knew you'd make your mama proud. I uh, uh.
so much for family bonds. Do you know how to use that thing? No. Found us. Back to the car. Oh, thank God. I thought the monster got you. Don't thank him yet. You got the car working? Yeah, it should be fit enough to get us out of here. Good. Now drive. Come on. Come on. Can't this thing go any faster? I'm going as fast as I can. Look out! I think we lost it. Get it off us! Ah! Shoot it! Eat this, you overgrown goat! Did you get it? Is it dead? Hey man, you got any tunes here? Oh yeah, just whatever. What is that? Oh, this? This is just the head of an urban legend that turned out to be real and tried to eat me. So, that was fun. How's your weekend? Oh, you know, Netflix? Sounds like you've got quite a story to tell. It's a long story. Well, we're not busy right now. All right. It all began in the late 17th century with a man named Daniel Leeds. We here at Mike and Men would like to give a very special thank you to Brian Lindner, Rick Danford, Jessica Khabib, Marissa Allen, Ty Lindsay, Caleb Osterling, Daniel Marion, and Noel Nope.